Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast that takes your questions that may or may not have to do with something about chemistry and answers or them or tries to respond the best we can. <laughs> Jam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I've got my coffee for your life in my mm-hmm. chemistry for your life mug. That is so cute. I love it. My coffee, my coffee for your life. Yeah. My, coffee for your life is Jam's coffee company grinding thing. So it's like perfect that. Yeah. That he it's, calls it that. Yeah. It was the, it was technically the second for your life thing that ever existed. I don't know if the listeners know that actually chemistry for your life is just part of Jam's for your life empire. Really. It's a whole empire. It's an empire that's been um, just, you can kind of add for your life on the end of anything. That's kind of why I did it. <laughs> it's perfect. I was, like, I was like, what's a way to basically not have to worry about the naming of things? So the first thing I did was cards. I did I designed some greeting cards that I only use. Or not greeting cards, some thank you cards. And so I just put cards for your life on the back. And then <laughs> I think then it was coffee and then podcast for your life. And then um, kombucha for your life and then chemistry for your life. That's a fun origin. I bet people don't know that. And also people probably don't know that my brother and I talked about making this podcast before his baby was born. It would have been a lot harder with him because he's not an audio engineer the way you are. But And he lives a little further away. Which, which mattered at the beginning, but doesn't right. matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wanted to call it Let's Get Chemical and then have the theme song be Let's Get Chemical, like that <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, which was a great idea. You told me that back when we were first talking about it, but mm-hmm. it also felt a little bit like, oh, that was y'all's idea. It might be yeah. better for us to just do it different so that it doesn't just take what y'all were talking about. Right. So shout out to my brother. He was the first one who thought this was a good idea. He doesn't like science as much as Jam, or maybe he at the time felt like (laughs) not science as a whole, but chemistry wasn't as applicable as I was trying to make it out to be. And so Mm -hmm. it was almost going to be a convince him that chemistry is everywhere in your life. So, Mm -hmm. but now he is a reviewer on our show and he's awesome and has great ideas and we love him here at chemistry for your life. So thanks Anthony. Sorry we bailed on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, you got some questions for me? I've got some questions for you. So the first question is, I think, a really interesting one from Caleb R. He asks, does unleaded gasoline need a chemistry explanation? Caleb, that is a great question. And the answer is absolutely yes. All gasoline needs a chemistry explanation. My roommates and I were just having this conversation the other day when we talked about what type of gas you put in your boat compared to your car And what even Uh is gasoline? So it's on the docket. It's on the list. We're going to get to it. But I didn't even think about tackling the unleaded part of it. So it's all going to be in there. Damn, I'm very interested in that. I've also like always wondered like why the heck would they call it gasoline? Knowing that we shorten it to call it gas and it is a liquid. Like, oh, it's a liquid that we call gas. And I'm Mm. like, whose idea was that? I never even thought about that. Those two things were in different categories in my brain. I didn't think about gas meaning solid liquid gas and Mm -hmm. gasoline being a liquid that we put in our vehicles. Yeah. That's the thing that a non-chemist like me would just be annoyed by. Like, who picked these words and why did we do it like that? You knew people were going to shorten it. 
Even when you were initially starting that explanation, I was thinking, what's wrong with gas? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's funny. Okay. <clears throat> so good job, Caleb. It's coming. Don't worry. Nice. Good question. Okay. So the next one's from Mason K. And he asks, there are some sprays that will activate superglue quicker, or you can sprinkle baking soda on there. Can you talk about that? Yes, I can. That is a fun one because it allowed me to use the fundamentals of chemistry and I didn't even have to look it up, which is exciting. So we know <laughs> that superglue, as it cures, is basically a chemical reaction that a polymer is forming and it's initiated by a catalyst. It starts off the reaction mm-hmm. and that catalyst are these negatively charged ions in water. Baking soda also has negatively charged ions, and mm. I'm assuming so do those sprays. So I think they just start the reaction faster and get more polymers growing at the same time, more molecule chains growing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it cures faster rather than relying on the trace amounts of those that exist in the slight coverage of water that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. I didn't look it up. That's just what I think from my brain. Interesting. And it makes sense because everybody knows about the fundamentals of chemistry that they're well known to be fun. (laughs) And then the next question I actually put in because they didn't have time to talk about it in the episode, but I really wanted to. Okay. So this this is my question to myself. (laughs) This is from a listener. Sorry, one second. Uh, I couldn't hear what you were saying. This is from listener Melissa C. She asked, <laughs> why doesn't super glue harden in the tube? Okay, it's the opposite of the negatively charged ions. Those are known uh-huh. as bases. Positively charged ions, a specific one, a proton, is acidic. So they mm-hmm. coat the inside of the tube with an acid so that that reaction can't start because the acid is neutralizing any of those negative charged ions that are coming at it. Amazing. Interesting. So my reference for that is in the references for the super glue episode, but I couldn't find a way to fit it in. So I won't have that reference here because I don't remember which specific one it was, but it's in that other reference. Nice. Isn't that so smart and clever? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Very interesting. Also, since we're just throwing in things that I wanted to include in this Q&R, someone on Instagram named Gab Polar replied to our query for questions on Instagram and just Uh told us that she loves the podcast, which I thought was really nice to take the time (laughs) to say that. So thanks, Gab Polar. That was sweet. Wanted to give you a shout out, even though you didn't have a question. She said, I don't have a question, but yeah, I love the podcast so much. I thought that was really nice and kind so yes that was very nice and we are here when whenever you do if ever have a question Mm -hmm. okay so this next question isn't a question it's a tidbit of info from dr moon which she sounds like almost like a superhero or something (laughs) yeah she does yeah that sounds way cool dr moon so okay she said When I listened to your podcast about smells, it reminded me of something I'd read in Napoleon's Buttons, 17 Molecules That Changed History by Penny 
La Cotille. <laughs> so what is that? Is that? I think it's how, just a book about 17 molecules that change history. I've heard of that before and I uh-huh. really want to read it, but I haven't yet. This was going to jumpstart me to do it because it'll give me more things to chat about yeah. on the podcast. Interesting. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Moon. And so she goes on to say, most of us are familiar with the spices of nutmeg and clove. I'm fairly certain that you would be able to tell the difference between both the taste and the smell of the two spices. The super cool thing is that the chemical structure of the compounds responsible for the taste and smell of the spices is remarkably similar. In fact, eugenol from cloves and isoeugenol from nutmeg are exactly the same except for the position of a single double bond. In other words, eugenol and isoeugenol are made up of the same elements in the same ratios. The only difference is where that one double bond is found. Holy. Yes. So I was very excited about that. This comes from, we said, Dr. Moon, she's a PhD in genetics and microbiology, and she does homeschooling now. And she's really fun. We follow her on Instagram now, and she has some really good stuff that she shares. You can go check her out. But I really love this because it underlines some things that we've talked about before. And that is the idea that form and function go hand in hand. The way this molecule is shaped or the atoms that go into it impact how it functions in our bodies. So we had a similar thing when we talked about sugars and I mentioned lemonine, which is orange or lemon, and they are the exact same molecule, but a mirror image. And one we our receptors take as orangey and one our receptors mm. take as lemony. Right. Or when we had all those capsaicin was a vanilloid, which a lot of other things like ginger also and vanilla are vanilloids. So they have one base unit that's similar, but that functional group attachment changes out. So you can see how the way something is built and the way it functions go hand in hand and small changes can make big impacts in chemistry. And we've talked about that a lot. So I didn't know about this example. So when she sent it to me, I was really excited to include that in our Q and R. Yeah. Dang. That's awesome. That's crazy. Super cool. So this next question is a fun one. Last time you guys might remember, we got a question from our friend, Harry, who asked about our favorite movies. And we gave some of those. We actually also traded movies, which we'll talk about in a second. But he asked about our favorite books this time. So do you, what are some of our favorite books, Melissa? Which we actually, you know what's funny is we talked about this whenever you were on Podcast for Your Life. We did a little bit oh, of yeah. book sharing and stuff. That's true. Well, right now I'm reading Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? And that's... Mm-hmm. A really good book that's a scholarly book, but also sort of feels like a novel, which mm-hmm. I'm partial to. Yeah, I'm reading and that too, I've... actually. Really? Did we talk about that? Yeah. Did you send me a video clip of you reading that out loud to your son once? That was just on our like shared album, I think, that mm-hmm. M took. But yeah. yes, that's what I was reading. I'm about a third of the way through it. I think I'm actually in a similar place. So that's, it's a really good book. And I really like her introduction talks about the language that we choose to use and how that impacts what people perceive you as, you know, I could say I'm a chemist and some people might think that means one thing, but mm-hmm. it could mean something really different. I don't work in a lab, but that's not the picture you paint with the word chemist. Right. You know, right, right. so 
I don't work in a lab anymore. But mm-hmm. so I really, really like her approach to that book. And I also just finished up Anna Karenina, which took me two ish years to listen to. Uh huh. And something I really liked about it was how she, well, I guess he, she is the one who reads it, but mm-hmm. the way he writes about the book, I mean, it can be really dull. It's an old Russian classic, mm-hmm. but he does a really good job of taking you out of your perspective and putting you in another perspective. And I was inspired to read it by an episode of the podcast, Rough Translation, mm-hmm. and they they put out an episode called Anna in Somalia, mm-hmm. and it really talks about how the book Anna Karenina impacted this prisoner, this Somalian prisoner and how it Uh really changed his life. So then I started to read it and it is incredible to me how Tolstoy is able to do that and write about human nature in a way that you think this is still happening. People are still acting like this right now, or Mm -hmm. I still struggle with my subjective opinion and need to be able to take my mind out of it and look at the objectivity Mm-hmm. And Anna Karenina is just really good at that. It's hmm. just really good at showing all the perspectives and how you could be interpreting something one way and someone else is having a completely different experience. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Good answers. But also it's really boring. Don't go into it thinking it's going to be the most fun and interesting book. It's both. It's sometimes fascinating and so fun to listen to. And sometimes I did not care at all. Uh huh. What about you? What are... Okay, you're reading Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? And what are some of your other favorites? Okay, so you and I share a love of Lord of the Rings. That's one of my favorite. 100%. Yeah. Series of books. I love, I've I've done like a lot of sci fi, like kind of classic sci fi or just highly regarded sci fi books like 2001 Space Odyssey is like so good. Um, Mm -hmm. I love The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat by. Oliver Sacks, Dr. Oliver Sacks. That's a oh, fascinating yes. book. It's like, it's it's real stories of his experiences with patients that he's changed the information about them, but tells them in a really qualitative way. Super interesting. He's a neurologist, right? And he loves chemistry. Yeah, he's super cool. He's been on Radiolab. Oh yeah, a ton. And he is no longer with us. RIP. Yeah. Dr. Sachs. So, but this last one I want to say is... Dune, the book, the legendary book by Frank Herbert. Dune, Dune, Dune. Nice. I never come up with good things like that. That was exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That was good. That was good. So this one is especially exciting because it's finally getting what appears to be what is very a very promising film adaptation finally. Woohoo! Dune is awesome. Very, very good book. Great time to read it, but between now and December, you've got till December 18th to read it so that you're ready to watch the movie. And it is very good. There's a lot of science in Dune, a lot of ecology, a lot of um, kind of power struggles, a lot of very relatable class and uh, race and ethnic struggles that are happening in the book that are not that dissimilar from things that happen here in real life on Earth. Mm-hmm. And it's got beasts, it's got prophecies, it's got all kinds of it's stuff. It's got it all. It's got everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, maybe been, I'll give it a try. 
I've been trying to to root hard for people to read Dune now. So, uh, you guys, this is not the last you'll hear of of Dune and me talking about it, even if someone doesn't ask. Yay! Okay, well, that's exciting. I'm rereading it now, so I'll probably be talking about it as I go. Okay, well, we'll be looking forward to those updates. Maybe I'll think about reading it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but I do want to see what happened with you and watching Pride and Prejudice because I didn't get an update from that, but you updated me. Wait, but I updated you on my watching of The Godfather. So yeah. let's hear it. Okay, well, I watched Pride and Prejudice. Did you watch it with friends or by yourself? I watched it with two of my roommates or my two okay. roommates, I should say, not including my wife. And we watched it. Did you like the <laughs> filming? Did you like the nature scenes and the, that crazy long party scene where the camera never breaks? Yes, I liked that. There's also a little bit of a shorter one at the beginning when she's walking where they do a kind of long mm-hmm. sh- shot um, where you're kind of just seeing her house and her life a little bit. But yes, I liked it. It was very pretty. The shooting mm-hmm. and everything was mm-hmm. good acting. I... Mm-hmm. Um, we changed up our shoot, our recording days, and so I ended up having going from having like five days left to watch it uh-huh. to having one day. <laughs> so I had right. to watch it last night, and I was tired, but it was good. It was better than I expected because I knew it was like a romantic story. I just was not expecting to enjoy it at all. Mm-hmm. But I liked Kira Knightley's character more than I expected I would. Um, I kind of, I mean, in a lot of the romantic movies and stories they just have everybody be pretty one-dimensional it's like right and there was a little bit of that i would say like some of the other characters don't get as much about it's like all you know is that they want to get married (laughs) and that's like a little bit like okay like that's kind of archaic it's not their fault that that was what the times were like but um it's like you don't get to know some more about people other than just that everyone wants to get married (laughs) yeah and these people are not as rich as these people but her character is cool. You get to learn more about her and and the very obvious fact that you get to have to relearn this one character that you think that you and she thinks that they know that yeah. you don't. And he's a lot better of a person than you think. And spoiler alert. No, sorry. <laughs> this you had that, several years to watch it. So <laughs> yeah, and I am on the like very, very tail end of that. Like surely right. I'm one of the very few people who's not seen this movie. Well, I did suspect you would feel that way. I suspected you would think it would be really stupid, but then you would be a little bit pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I also really like the scene where she's on the swing in the in the barnyard, kind yeah. of, and it spins around and time passes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's little clever, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm guessing, too, that it being a book that they really needed to have some clever ways to make time pass. Because right. any, any book like that is a classic that has to be put into a movie there's things you're going to have to leave out and mm-hmm. a bridge or whatever. And so I think that was a good way of doing it just to make it clear that time was passing. Cause otherwise it's like years passed since they first met. And, and that's what makes this so significant. Like it, otherwise it would just seem like, Oh yeah, just like a couple months ago, you know? Right. And I think it is one of the best capturings I've seen of that story, which is really complex. All the characters yeah. in the book, Pride and Prejudice, are very complex, and you get to see more of them. Mm-hmm. And Jane Austen has a similar thing as Tolstoy, where she captures human nature and can kind of comment on the way people are even now mm-hmm. by reflecting on the way people were then, you know? And, uh-huh. and my mom and I used to talk about that. And so I think 
that's a similar thing that I like about both of those authors that yeah. it's pretty good. So, but also that's just a pretty movie. It's just pretty. Yeah. So, and it was pretty cool. Like obviously fan favorite, huge, huge fan of the character, Mr. Collins. Like that was, <laughs> he's cool. Love when him. When he says boiled potatoes, it gets me every time. Excellent boiled potatoes. <laughs> his haircut, his everything is so cringy. Oh, wait. Mr. Collins is the cousin, right? Yeah, 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 he's a cousin. Okay, good. good. I was kidding because he's like very horrible and you don't Awkward. like him at yeah. all. And everything about him is just a little bit like, ugh. I mean, I don't he, think he's a terrible person. He's just kind of a weird guy, you know? Like, yeah. I don't think he has bad intentions. He just does not like, socially just, graced. Yeah, and not aware of himself at all. Mm, yeah. Okay, well, I watched The Godfather and mm-hmm. I texted Jam after a really brutal scene where a pregnant woman was treated terribly and yeah. said, what are we doing here? People just keep dying. Why am I watching this? Mm -hmm. And he replied with some good thoughts that convinced me that I think were I to watch it again, I would be a little bit more happy about it because it does tell a good story and it has a point, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just slowly devolving of this character, but I was watching it thinking he was a good guy yeah. And I was heartbroken and horrified as I watched what happened. And there's just some really hateful, cruel things that took place. Yep. People being hurt that didn't really deserve it mm-hmm. in some cases. It was just really, it was hard to watch in some ways. But also I think that probably made it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It's, it's a tough movie. It's definitely not like, I think sometimes people are like, oh, do I love The Godfather? Like, oh man, so cool. And like, that's just the wrong way to really right. get somebody like pumped for that I think movie. that's what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an epic. It's a, it's almost like Shakespearean, like a modern, that's one of the things right. I told you whenever we were texting about it, but mm-hmm. it's like a modern, somewhat modern. I mean, that's like 1940s or 50s or whatever, like version of what would be kind of like a Shakespearean story. Lots of characters. Right. Um, they're all flawed and there's not really mm-hmm. one that you can be like, okay, he's our guy. It's more like... And it does kind of remind me, too, of that Tolstoy story. They're reflecting on human character. Mm-hmm. We're slowly looking at these experiences and trying to take it all in, you know. And it's not yeah. just going to end happy. That's not how real life works. So that's mm-hmm. not how this is going to work, you know. Yeah. Jane Austen has happy endings. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But... Also, I feel that I have so many more cultural references. I knew they were from The Godfather from watching Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah. But now I know what they mean. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now you okay. can like carry the card. Even if you didn't like love it or you don't want to watch it again, which is totally fine. Now you've got the references and you can reference them. You're not just uh-huh. like, oh, I recognize that from, it, yeah. from somewhere else or whatever. I think I would watch it again. And I think my second viewing experience would be enhanced by knowing what was coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I think I went into it thinking it was going to be more like a cool gangster type film. Like, yeah. like public enemy number one, maybe. But instead, it was a story of something much deeper and more heartrending. So I was taken aback to some yeah. degree. But I think if I watched it again, I would know what I was expecting and be able to appreciate it more. Sometimes I spoil myself on movies so that I can have that because Mm -hmm. if I don't know what to expect, that's going to really impact me. So 
I think if I watch it a second time, I would like it more, actually. Yeah. I might. I If the opportunity arises, I'll say yes. And maybe and I'll watch The Godfather Part 2. Yeah, I think you'd be pretty prepared for Part 2, which is very good also. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Well, this is a fun one. Yes, that was just, that's chemistry movie talk here on uh, 98.5 <laughs> The the Flask. The longest bonus episode of our lives. Yeah. And it, all you guys had already seen all those movies. It's, it's funny too, because those are two movies that probably like most people have seen both of. A lot of people I have. Know. <laughs> and here we are being like, oh, Brian Bridges. Wow. Like, it was interesting and like the godfather i know it's been out for you know 40 years but it's just we're it just was so a good, it was a good trade everyone else who hasn't seen those movies or who hasn't loves them please write in and tell us your thoughts because i thought this was really fun and yeah. q and r's are our time to connect with you guys in a more public setting and i really like that so yeah. you know we want to hear from y'all yep absolutely well thanks jam for watching Pride and Prejudice, which is against, you know, some of your nature <laughs> and for finding the beauty in it. Uh-huh. And thanks to all you listeners for putting up with us chatting about movies for 10 minutes. And thanks for watching Godfather. And thanks, mm-hmm. Harry, again, for those fun questions. That was awesome. Yeah, that is fun. And anyone who wants to hear any other non-chemistry stuff from me and Jim, we love it. And we think it's really fun. We're friends, so we like chatting. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. We'd like to give a special thanks to E. Robinson, who reviewed this episode.